Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, hello there, Super Ninfrendos. How's it going? I'm Seth Macy. This is Nintendo Voice Chat episode 634. Today, we are joined by a man who spends most of his free time explaining subjectivity to people online, Dan Stapleton. I also have to explain objectivity and how those are very different things. Yeah, it's a yin and yang sort of thing. Uh, industry legend, Cat Bailey. Hello, Seth. I have baked a cake for you. Cat. <laughs> 
I wasn't expecting that. And making her NBC return, fan favorite, Casey DeFridis. <laughs> that was the most subdued of Hi. all the, the uh the the hellos of this week but yeah a, a little bit of uh a crazy week sort of when i probably wasn't expecting a crazy week at least uh, as far as news cat you've been a little busy chasing a somewhat big story i don't know what you're talking about seth it's been real quiet here in the land of news oh. nothing nothing at all has been happening okay. but Okay, so over the weekend, there was uh, some big drama around Bayonetta 3. You may have heard of it. Uh, so the mm. voice actress, uh, Helena Taylor, who played uh, the titular character Bayonetta, uh, took to Twitter saying that she had only been offered $4,000 to reprise her role. Uh, and she, uh, she called it insulting and uh, called on fans to boycott the game. And uh, Hideki Kamiya took to Twitter, uh, Hideki Kamiya is the director of Bayonetta 3, took to Twitter to say uh, that these are the sad, it's a sad untruth, basically. She, he basically was calling it a lie. Uh, it immediately ignited a firestorm. People were coming in. Uh, our Facebook group was popping off. It was ruined. In a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people coming in saying she's a liar, she's not a liar. By the way, I don't like it when people just automatically go she's a liar no it's not not the greatest uh approach i don't think uh maybe weigh out the facts and wait for things to come out yeah making a snap judgment yeah uh but yeah so that all happened then bloomberg follows up and says that they have viewed documents and talked to sources within platinum showing that she had been actually offered uh like roughly four sessions three to four sessions of three thousand to four thousand a piece so it would have actually probably come to closer to fifteen thousand dollars rather than the four thousand that she originally put out and also uh, but that she came back and said she wanted six figures and residuals uh from bayonetta 3 which would have meant that she would have been continued to get payments uh, for her yes. work there Platinum, uh, Bayonetta, I don't know if you realize this, Bayonetta is not a high-selling series. I think Bayonetta 2. <laughs> not particularly. I think Bayonetta 2 just recently cracked a million copies. Yeah. Uh, Platinum turned her down and ended up going to Jennifer Hale, who you may have heard uh, in games like Mass Effect, very well known, union actor. Um, I believe it's $1,000. Um, yeah, there's that's a the minimum. minimum. Route. Yep. Yeah, there's a minimum. Uh, they went to her instead. Uh, they offered Helena Taylor apparently a, a cameo role in Bayonetta 3, which she turned down for like a fee of one session. And, uh, and then, you know, uh, Platinum said, oh, she was not available. Helena Taylor took to Twitter uh, to make these allegations. It's been a lot of back and forth. And I, I don't think that there's any particular takeaway. I'm not here to demonize Helena Taylor. I'm not here to demonize Platinum, honestly, except to say that I think it's kind of keyed off a pretty valuable conversation about voice actor pay in general, because a lot of voice actors took Twitter took to Twitter to say, yeah, uh, I do a lot of work in, in video games. Voice acting takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and I don't get paid enough uh, to make a living wage, honestly. Um, 
And so that is kind of the angle that we are uh, taking into. But either way, uh, it kind of blew up over the weekend. Those are kind uh, of the cliff notes yeah. of what's been yeah. happening in Bayonetta 3. Um, Casey, I know that you're a Bayonetta fan. Like, uh, do you have a particular take on this situation? So it's, it's, it's funny. I'm actually not a big Bayonetta fan. I just, really? You're so... You're no, so you know everything about it. You're in the know. <laughs> I know things, but Actually, like, I hate it, but I know all I don't. More. I don't. I played, I played it some, but I, I, I'm a good researcher. <laughs> you're not a Bayonetta fan. You just she play is? one on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There we go. Um, man, I, as soon as the story came out, I had people actually asking me for my take, and I didn't want have a take because I knew I didn't have all of the information so I just didn't say anything <laughs> um I see yeah. she's you just, wise never tweet yeah. never tweet that's, you, see, you, just, you just have to put on your bayonetta glasses and people will believe you yeah it's yeah. like believe what I say now um <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm still unsure about everything that happened I'm wondering if there is a miscommunication somewhere because I don't I'm also I also understand I'm a little naive and I believe everyone to their best foot forwards. I don't believe someone would try to blatantly lie, but I also know that's wrong of me to think that. So I don't know. I, I can't say. Yeah, she called it categorically untrue that she had been offered $15,000 and that Platinum was trying to save their asses and the game uh, and that she wanted to put the whole thing behind her and return to the theater. Uh, oh. Well, I think the I think the 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 interesting part about it is is the debate around around uh, around residuals. It's it's like I saw mm-hmm. I saw some people saying uh, developers and you know random Twitter chatter, uh, but uh, people saying like developers are saying, well, why should she get residuals if I don't? It's like, well, well maybe maybe everyone should get, get residuals. residuals. Well, this has been something. Uh, this has been something that the union contract has been negotiating. I believe it's like been a key sticking point is getting a res- And I also cover the entertainment industry, and you know. Studios want to avoid giving out residuals as much as humanly oh, yeah. possible. Turn of the Wonder Jedi never made any money. Yeah. But didn't make any money. That's funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And look, video games are going to do everything in their power to protect their profits. What's funny is um, they'll say that they don't make any money, but they make a lot of money on uh, post-release content often. I don't think a voice actor see a nath and dime of that outside of upfront payments. So. I think they're. I, I think they're to investigate the, on this. Um, we're actually pretty right now, in which oh. we're talking to voice actors. So Very cool. Look cool. To that on I'm IGN. looking forward to reading that. <laughs> yeah. On the subject of residuals, when they did have the SAG strike, uh, they one of the demands was residuals, but they opted instead for bonuses. So the union has already. I don't know. I'm like Casey. There's plan. nothing I could say about it. I don't know. I just. I, I actually didn't want to talk about this because not because of the story itself, like obviously the story is important, but the reaction to the story, it, the mm-hmm. Facebook group was probably the worst I've ever seen it. People I've never seen on the Facebook group were coming out just to like argue and be mean and nasty and sling ad hominem, ad hominem attacks at each other, yeah, at everyone in the comments. I got, uh, so I don't want to get into it. I got so many Let's go alerts, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that there are people who were, you know, longtime community folks coming in and saying, hey, now, you know, pushing back. So I appreciate that and everything. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying like everybody in the group was guilty. I just say that the group became uh, and I don't I only basically use Facebook for the NVC group. 
and for like 10 vintage computer repair groups that I'm parts of. And I actually had to mute the NVC group because it just was Ooh. over. Like, you know, I got tired of seeing like such toxic toxicity and negativity and people drawing conclusions without having all the information. And for me, that's the biggest takeaway here is uh, wait till you get all the information before you like names because they are also well no i guess they're making their opinions known without having all the information also but you know what casey you were right the, it's uh dan is probably the only one who would get the war games reference or the uh curious game the only winning move is not to play so never tweet <laughs> never tweet yes i agree with that that is the most basically wonderful advice that you could give about online interactions so but everyone quit the thank internet. you for, for thank you for calling me old by the way so. <laughs> well uh you're oftentimes you're the only one who gets my old man references so and it's funny I mean, you're not I'm, wrong just i'm two years older than you are so i just don't have the the cool um gandalf gray uh goatee going on but anyway i'm working on, on kratos here <laughs> it's, it's very good good luck I you got doing kratos that. for halloween I, I no, it works. Get the am. tattoo. <laughs> right, you gotta really commit to the bit. You so. can pull it off. Yeah, Dan, you can pull it yeah. off. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm working on my boy. Yeah. <laughs> Keep working, boy, 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 boy. boy. It's, it's, it's really hard to pull that off. Yeah, you gotta. Sorry, right. you can sign up for some voice lessons, but Cat, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to your follow up story, and then um, everyone can read that on iGen.com, the website where we all work. So. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Actually, um, I feel way better about it because I was really not wanting to talk about it, and now I feel well, good about having. Yeah, about well, it. it really kicked some stuff off in the Nintendo community, but uh, I, I think it was definitely worth uh, it talking was... about it because it was the story of the month. This year, I decided I actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals. So I subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN. It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices 
in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It was the story of the moment. But then Casey also has a story of her moment. Casey, you moved. You have a new I house. Did. Congratulations. Yes. Hello. Thank you. Yeah. We How's are the... still. Hmm? How's the carpet? Yeah. So about that, um, <laughs> we are renting. And when we moved in, the floor is very obviously the carpet was ripped out of some of the bedrooms. And there is some lovely old linoleum on the floor. As along with some carpet glue, but don't worry, my landlord assured me that it had been professionally cleaned. So it's professionally cleaned carpet glue, which I will oh, cherish yeah. forever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we just moved. Uh, I'm still in Florida. I'm still, I'm just on the other coast instead of the East Coast, um, just to be closer to some friends. Now that I know I'm permanently here, this is where I lived before I moved to San Francisco. And I haven't had time to decorate. So I decorated by dumping a bunch of my plushies on the floor <laughs> well it looks quite nice for just being uh the product of inertia comfortable. <laughs> kinetic energy but... comfortable yeah are they stuck to the floor i so i did buy an area rug and put them on the area rug mostly so awesome well i'm this glad that it's very echoey i hope it's not i hope the sound quality is not Oh, it sounds fine. Okay. I'm just cool. hoping that you can't hear my dogs going crazy because my son just came home from school. But I actually didn't know that you moved like across the whole state. That's crazy. It's like, it's only like two and a half, three hours. What? To cross, yeah, to cross the state of Florida. It's pretty, it's pretty thin. It's, it's a lot more difficult to go north to south, north to south. That's yeah. Are you like. on the west coast of Florida now? Yes. Is that where it is? Yeah. Got it. So Tampa, okay. Tampa, or not Tampa Bay, but uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I know. I'm good at geography. Tampa Bay area. Oh, you are? In the, so you're yeah, like Hillsborough County. Tampa mm -hmm. St. Pete. Go to a yeah. Tampa Bay Lightning game, Casey. Yeah. I, should, I, I know. I've never you're been fun. to one. I've been, I went, I was a Panthers fan growing up, but really? I've never been to a Lightning uh, game. They're both fun. Yeah. yeah. Hockey. <laughs> yeah, hey, hockey, it is hockey season. baseball over here. So. NBA football. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Good times. And you can see how much Dan is excited about hockey. <laughs> He's, I, I just I just edited a hockey review and that's a, a, as as close to anything hockey related as I <laughs> it got an eight this year though right not that it's on Switch it did oh. was it good <laughs> oh crap We're yeah our, play it. yeah I'm kind of excited. Our, our reviewer says it's 
or if yours says it's the 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 you know new gen upgrade they should have had a couple of years ago. Oh, nice! Uh, Sweet. So, <laughs> I'm gonna have to <laughs> finally caught up. And, yeah. I'm gonna have to check that out. But uh, Dan, you obviously you didn't write the NHL 22. Oh, goodness review. no! <laughs> but you did write a Nintendo <laughs> review, which is why we have you on the show today. You pl- you're a, a bit of an XCOM fan. We've we've come to suss out um from our investigative dabble yes but uh mario and rabbits sparks of hope you reviewed and you liked it quite a lot actually yeah like i i really um you know was kind of wowed by by how how much they were willing to evolve the the uh first game uh kingdom battle and they they really seem to have like i i don't certainly don't take credit for like oh they listen to only my concerns or my concerns are the ones that that, that they that they uh they chose to listen to 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 uh to make their their changes for the new game but pretty much every every issue i had with the with the first one uh was is resolved and then some with this um like the first one kind of felt like there was one solution to to a lot of the the levels mm. and you know kind of trial and error puzzle this one is much more open ended uh it's it lets you mix and match these these sparks uh they, they're basically little uh mods that you can put on each character that give them uh the ability to to like call it to have like a electric shot or a or a area of effect uh, uh power that that uh you know rains down hell on, on the on the bad guys uh, but you can mix and match those with the different characters who all have their own attributes as well so it's it's extremely flexible and it lets you you know customized to your heart's content uh create whatever you want it, it's it's really a excellent take on that on that uh that first game they, they also did things like they they there's no more visible grid i'm sure there's still one under there somewhere mm. uh, to you know just make things make sense to the the tactics but um it it, it doesn't feel like it you're moving freely uh you know, within your character's movement radius then you can like team jump off of others to 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 expand that radius you can go through pipes and over over ledges and do all kinds of stuff that 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 really uh gives you all kinds of flexibility and you know part of that is due to the level design which kind of allows for all this stuff they've really thought all that stuff out there's a lot of levels they're they're creative they're you know different from one another uh there there's all kinds of stuff going on in this and that's before you even get to the overworld which is completely completely different and much more uh open and freeform and, and you can go uh you know, it's 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 like an open, a small open world. There are a series of five of them. Oh, cool! Um, and you can go, uh, you know, to do whatever puzzles you want. They're all they're all loaded with puzzles. It's you know, kind of simple puzzles, but but you know, kind of fun and satisfying stuff to solve. And that's that's a really good break from uh from the you know hardcore, pretty hardcore tactics game in that. The other the other major thing that they they addressed, or one of them, is that uh, that the difficulty is very very flexible. You can turn it. You can turn it up to where the point where you know, as, as somebody who plays a lot of XCOM, it was you know I had to like stop and think about it. How do I how do I get every little bit of damage potential out of each character every turn? Uh, how do I bounce them off each other? Uh, and and on the other end of that, you can turn the difficulty down. You can even turn on basically God mode, so you don't your characters don't take any damage. Uh, and the the default difficulty was, you know, fair, not super challenging. Like I was I was able to. At certain points, hand the controller to to my seven year old son, and he would he would do pretty well. Like he he would lose every so often, but he 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 uh, would usually win. Mm. Um, so it's it's a it's a much more accessible than the first, which awesome. 
when that one ramped up and took me by surprise, I'm like, whoa, this is this is way harder than I expected. Uh, but you know, doable for for a lot of people. But but sure. uh, but I did put some people off with the difficulty. And this uh, one this, is this sort of the same as far as if you were to, when you do turn it all the way up, does it ramp up and kind of surprise you? Yeah, I mean, it it there are definitely some some missions I had to do more than more than once or twice to get through them. Uh, right. Uh, you know, when I when I turned up the difficulty, and I, I didn't turn up. There are difficult different difficulty settings. There's like the overall one. There's uh, where it's like easy, average, and demanding. And then you know, setting that to demanding, you know, made me made me stop and think to like, well, how should I do this? Um, but there's a, a further one in there that's like you can turn up enemy damage, and I think. Oh others. wow! Yeah. So it's oh, there. Like it is. Yeah. <laughs> very customizable. Uh, in a in a lot of ways, that's very cool. Yeah, and it's it's like this one, like the first one, like if if you lost it, if like a character went down during a during a mission, you would only get like two stars in a mission, and you know your rewards would be affected. This one, uh, like you just do whatever you want. Like there's no there's no scoring you on a mission. So mm-hmm. if if you want to sacrifice a character to get through, you can. Oh, I hate when they when they penalize you for sacrificing a character. I'll just start <laughs> the level over again. But uh, what about loading time? Speaking of starting levels over again. Right. So, well, it's not, it's not, it's not, that's not the loading part, part, uh, part of loading that I have a problem with. The part of loading I have a problem with, uh, is, you know, this game really encourages you to, to go in and shuffle around the sparks, who gets what you put two on each character. Uh, so it's, it's, you're, you're encouraged to go into that menu and, and rearrange. The problem is, there's like a, like a loading time every time you go in or out of that menu. Mm. So, so if you're looking at the tactical map and you say, okay, this guy is weak against splash damage, but but vulnerable to electricity, you go into your into your menu. That's like a you know three or four second load time, and that's not much by itself, but it adds up uh, because then it's like, oh, I forgot to check the, this other character what he's vulnerable to, so I have to go back to the the map. There's another few seconds of loading time. Right. I check him out, and I go back into the loading loading screen or the uh, the loadout screen. And that's another few seconds of loading time. Then I have to go back to the the, uh, the game itself, or the tactical map, and that's another few seconds. So, so that that annoyed me. Like I I appreciate <laughs> that that it is like a kind of elaborate menu. It's got a lot of uh, animations there. This whole game is is really beautifully animated. Like all the characters have so much personality. Uh, but I guess that that comes at the cost of uh, having to load all that stuff in whenever you right. go to the menu because all the characters are dancing around in the menus. Uh, and and that and the switch just can't handle that. Yeah, yeah, poor switch. Uh, yeah, it's a 30 FPS game too, if I'm not mistaken. I I believe so. I mean, it's a turn-based game, so who cares? <laughs> now, when I I started playing it, and I have to say that I was actually really impressed by the quality of the presentation. Uh, it looks amazing on an OLED. Uh, yes, it's what I've been playing on. Uh, those colors just they look gorgeous on that screen and there's some switch games where it's obvious that it's not really intended for the switch especially in handheld mode because the font is too small everything takes a hair too long to load it feels clunky that is not the case with mario plus rabbits it really makes the switch hardware shine in a way that i really enjoyed and you know like you look at the textures it's very cartoony and everything, but it has a real style to it. Yes. Uh, the, the worlds are quite detailed, actually. It runs, from my perspective, it 
was running pretty smoothly. I obviously this is like relatively early on, so Dan was playing it later. I love little touches, like even we were just looking at the load screen a hot second ago. It's a very cute little animated thing going on right there. I think it's astoundingly well done. Actually, that, that does get old a little bit. I mean, it's the spaceship <laughs> yeah. is dodging a bunch of different things, but you get tired of looking at that. I promise. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I imagine. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I did. I did have some. You know, I, I played ninety nine percent on on you know docked mode, but I did. I did have some some chugging in in some of the overworlds mm. uh, when 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 it was you know, looking especially pretty. Like it would it would you know you'd pan across and it would go chug chug chug. But, mm. but for the most part, it's it's fine, uh, and it's it's um, like. Again, like most of the stuff you're doing that that requires any kind of any kind of uh, you know precision and movement is in the tactical maps, and I had no problems there. Very cool. I know a there, lot there of are, people... there are a few there are a few things where you're you're running around in the open open world, like trying to uh, trying to like gather a bunch of coins in in a sequence before the time expires. Um, but I, I never had performance. Here it is. Thank you for that oh. clip. Um, <laughs> it's uh it i never had a, a problem with performance uh messing me up there i also really like uh one of the things i complained about in the first game was that uh beepo your little roomba flying roomba friend yes uh, in that in the first game he he was like leading your party so he was out in front he's this little 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 hockey puck of a thing um and it was it was really hard to to remember that that was your character and so that's that's the thing that you were steering as you were running through the world because you were looking at Mario, who's standing right behind him, it's, and you just think, "Oh, I'm Mario. I'm the larger character that I can always see," uh, as opposed to this little puck that sometimes is obscured by Mario. So it's they, they, this time they made uh, Beepo fly directly over your head. It made it cleared that problem up great, perfectly. It's fine, great, awesome. I'm glad the the, the Beepo issues have been resolved. The <laughs> the one thing I know, a lot of people were really not worried but maybe a, a little concerned about the the rabbits talking in this one how how did that come across was it distracting was it annoying was it something that you never really even noticed i was surprised i played also a little bit of it and i i was expecting them to just talk non-stop but there's actually beepo is kind of the only one who's who's really talking but do the do talking rabbits ruin the experience I would not say so. I'm I'm kind of in, in the camp where the the kind of constant babbling is more annoying than than uh, than this this take where they they do have like a few a few like very brief kind of combat barks. They don't their their dialogue is pretty rare in the in the story. Uh, but and like everyone but Beepo and his new sidekick AI Janine. Um, everyone else uh, they'll say like a. a quick phrase at the at the beginning of a of a line of dialogue and then the rest you have to read yeah um but yeah which is which is kind of odd and inconsistent it's also weird that uh rabid mario can talk and talk more than mario does uh um, it's, it's it's weird uh chris um, pratt was too busy <laughs> yeah well it's he's voiced by charles martinet in this oh well uh, as he should be a, a crucial detail yeah um <laughs> But yeah, it was, it was like the story I I didn't love um, just because it's so off the wall and absurd. Um, like the the first one, it, like is is insane. Don't get me wrong. Like the the whole like interdimensional blending of rabbits and and mushroom kingdom stuff uh, is is bonkers and off the wall. But like once you once you understand like that's that's the the idea. Everything else kind of makes sense within that idea. This one is much more kind of scattershot. Every anything goes. Um, but then, 
like the, the the enemies are like why are why are these guys rabbitish and these aren't really and yeah, there's it's kind of all over the map um but then you you get to like the last mission and it kind of explains everything but it's like by that point it's like you you kind of written off the story as a bunch of nonsense and i'm just rolling with it um and the explanation makes sense i guess but i I know you you don't you don't come to a mario game for for deep lore so you're saying it's a realistic down-to-earth game that's completely off the wall and swarming with magic robots exactly all right i'm here for the deep mushroom kingdom lore i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) i'm assuming that i mean we if we mention anything about the the story people will be very frustrated and angry with us spoiling the, the lore but I'm, I'm assuming this kind of exists within its own mario and rabbits lore it's not tied into i don't think like, the rabbits are canonical no. no yeah that was my my question is this is this canon to kingdom mushroom is, uh, mushroom kingdom lore well when they is write uh, mario historia and they make the timeline then they'll retcon these games into it so also, people I get mad Mario when I Historia. make fun of that. That'd be actually kind of neat. I yeah. would too. <laughs> people, people get mad when I make fun of the Zelda timeline for being just a complete retcon. But that has nothing to do with Mario plus mm. rabbits. Cat, uh, how much of this have you played? Just sort of the opening, oh, or what, how like are you feeling? Pretty much, I'm pretty much at the beginning. Um, I going through the tutorials, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, running through the combat mechanics, uh, doing the team jumps, that kind of thing, and. I really like the oh, first of all how smooth the, the the actual movement around the maps are. Um, I think I, I didn't play the first Mario plus rabbits actually because of the rabbits. I didn't I didn't want to didn't want to deal with the rabbits even though everybody's <laughs> like, but, but it's XCOM with Mario and I'm like yeah I know but there's a big hang up. Uh, but I got a code for this one and I decided to give it a shot and I was like okay yeah I kind of want to stick with this one actually even though uh, the rabbits are run around doing rabid things um they can't help themselves it's in that it's can't in help name. themselves yeah but I, I do like the the i mean dan you're you're a big tactics head too like uh, i also like XCOM and valkyria chronicles and everything i do like the the zone that you can move around i do like the cover mechanics uh that kind of thing um and it feels appropriate to mario even though you're using uh projectiles which is uh interesting um that's something that i'm used to seeing seeing like luigi with the bow uh <laughs> pulling back for the super attack like looking really ferocious uh yeah in, in the not, first that's... one he had a rifle <laughs> <laughs> yeah giving them guns i remember that was a big con- point of conversation uh around it the is, original it mario is, plus rabbits that is kind of kind of weird that they didn't just have mario shoot fireballs from his hands it's like yeah, <laughs> he has that, that he has that power yeah um yeah, he's he's got kind of that that badass uh, pistolier going on where he's 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 shooting two different targets uh, with with pistols. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, he's 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 a killer. All it needs <laughs> is some bullet time. Mechanics. Don't mess with Luigi. I'm just saying. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I, 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 Luigi's a sniper. I love I love him in, in this, and <laughs> and he can he can move he can move further than pretty much any other character. See, that is staying true to the canon because he has that floaty jump. <sighs> I'm saying Mario Historia. Might be coming. Dan, what did you score uh, Mario Rabbit's Sparks of Hope? I gave it a nine. I, I, I you know, I, like the first one, I ended up giving like a 7.7 7, uh, because, and you know, I, that was well, that's one of those where I woke up the next day and I'm like, should have been an eight. Uh, <laughs> but mm. but uh, like that, that one, 
just because the the ending was such a such a slog to get through because of all that trial and error I mentioned and all the um and like the the big kind of spike in difficulty that that even for me was was a lot um mm. and and the, you know the, there are other issues with it too but but uh like it the ending in particular is like it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and I had just gotten under the wire finishing it in time so I you know I was sitting down to write it and in in kind of a kind of grumpy but you know um but yeah you know woke up and and would have gone would have gone a little higher but uh this one I think is just bigger and better in every way virtually awesome. it's 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 it is a fantastic little tactics game and uh, little little is actually the wrong word because it took me 35 hours to beat holy it. cow 35 hours that's a lot of yeah, game substantial i mean that that was that was like the the first the first few couple of um uh worlds that you visit they're planets by the way and mario has a spaceship um <laughs> obviously go to, go, it's a mario yeah. galaxy spitoff got it yeah, yeah. No, yeah it, a, it does tie in mario too <laughs> really it pulls the rocket yeah, out of the ground. Is in it. um oh, but anyway it's it's um <laughs> Uh, I, I was I was doing pretty much every like side mission and puzzle I could in the first couple worlds, and then I realized I'm going to run out of time if I don't like <laughs> kind of mainline the the <laughs> the rest of the the, uh, the the story missions. Um, so I did like 85 percent of the first the first couple, and then like 65 of the rest of them. Oh wow, that's there's there's plenty left to do, and there, there's a also a bunch of stuff that that you you don't even unlock until you beat it. Yeah, and then and you have there's to, like yeah. planned DLC as well, if I'm not mistaken. There is. So, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll be interested to see how that one goes. The the there was a, a Donkey Kong themed one that uh, that came out for the first the first yep. one that was good. Wow, as a, a value proposition, this sounds like a winner. However, just like video game reviews, value is wholly subjected, subjective rather. Casey, uh, I'm pretty sure you were too busy to play. Is that correct? Yes, unfortunately. Uh, well, you. Did get to see something kind of cool, right? I did. I did. Do you mind telling us about that? Yes, I was able to play Pokemon Scarlet, at least a demo version <gasps> of Pokemon Scarlet, for about an hour. So Whoa. I got hands on with Pokemon. Um, it was awesome. Uh, I thank you, Nintendo, for letting me have that opportunity. But my preview should be live. When this is going out, this is why we held the show, because the embargo was Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific time. The, what I was able to play was basically all of the things that they showed you in the gameplay overview, the 14-minute long trailer video. So it wasn't much of anything new, but I can I did confirm some details I think people would be interested in, Ooh. and I did was able to confirm some things people it. were speculating about. So the demo that they dropped me in, they dropped me in nearby the, um, I guess the main character's house in Pokemon Scarlet with Coridon already as my buddy and with a party of Pokemon in their mid-20s. I had Bellybutt, Bellybutt, oh my gosh, Bellybutt, <laughs> <laughs> Bellybolt, uh, the new electric type Pokemon that's Iono's, um, who's the gym leader's partner Pokemon, uh, Furgaraf, Wiglet, Armorogue, and I have it written down in my previews. Go read it. But I started off by just going off and um, checking out a picnic. And the picnics 
I don't know. Like, I don't know how much you want me to describe it. Like, I, I just like did the things that they showed. I'm pretty us sure everybody wants videos, to know. You're like the so... only person that we know who's played this game, and everybody loves and is excited for Pokemon, and everybody loves and is excited that you're on the show again. So I just, <laughs> you could just talk about Pokemon. Nobody's gonna be mad. okay. I'll just talk about Pokemon then. So we were able to do a picnic, and when you're picnicking, you can bathe Pokemon, which I'm pretty sure increases the hidden friendship mechanic and you can play with them and stuff and this is all of your party pokemon plus your legendary pokemon that you're you're riding on and you can make sandwiches <gasps> it's like a mini game I, <laughs> it's like a little physics based mini game and i decided to make my own custom sandwich i made like an oh. blt very very original but you don't know if you're it's kind of like with curry. If you don't, you don't know if it's going to be good until after you make it. <laughs> I know, so this is it. You just like make a sandwich. And the thing is you have to use all of the ingredients it gives you. And if it gets too tall, the sandwich will fall apart and you'll fail the mini game. Oh, it's no. not, it, it wasn't that <laughs> like, so don't pick too many ingredients or else your sandwich will fall apart and your oh. Pokemon will be sad because then they won't get any sandwiches. You don't want to shaggy um, and Scooby-Doo it. Yeah, no, <laughs> I mean, I, I tried. Um, I, it was like the actual mini game itself was fine. I think it's cute and novel, but I wouldn't be rushing back to do this over and over again because I like the mini game rather. It's like the curry than, mini game, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like and same thing with like your your Poke Puffs. It's just like something that you honestly the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond Shining Pearl Poke Puff mini game like infuriated me. Really? <laughs> I hated I hate I hated doing it. This one is is a, a lot nicer, but I would come back and picnic and do these often because you get buffs depending on the ingredients you use and these buffs can increase something like your types a specific type effectiveness so if you're going into a battle and you know you want to use your ice type pokemon like maybe you want to increase your ice type effectiveness or maybe you're going off and you're like okay i really want to find this rare dragon type pokemon and you can make a meal that'll make small dragons appear more often <laughs> or things like that you can even increase your shiny rates by making particular sandwiches Whoa. i don't know logically how this makes sense i don't know how eating a sandwich affects the world around you but I, maybe it makes you smell different i don't know <laughs> like <laughs> i come up with lots of this is getting me idea. so excited you get carbs mm -hmm. and because you're feeling energized that makes you more observant and therefore you spot oh. the shinies that you would have otherwise missed that makes sense. I like that. That's canon now. That's how it works. That's how the sandwiches give you the buffs. I'd, um, I'd just like to add that for for Kat and I, this this segment is particularly brutal because as we're, as we're recording, it's it's lunchtime for us, but you guys I'm are sorry. East Coast time. So yeah, yeah well, that's I, true. It's true, Dan. I could go for a sandwich. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, I want a sandwich now. Uh, apparently, so can the Pokemon developers because I've noticed an increased obsession with food in each successive <laughs> Pokemon game. Uh, going back to a few games, I think, because you had the the curry one uh, last year, right? Yeah. Um, the last gen was there something Malasadas. with Gen Seven? There's your hangout in caf your hangout in cafes and Gen uh, Gen whatever Gen Six. Uh, yeah, so, and X and Y. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you had so, the Castelia cones in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this ties in a little bit to I was observing because I was at the Pokemon Center when I was in Japan just recently. And Ooh. I was like, when did Pokemon become a lifestyle brand? Because shopping at the Pokemon Center is like shopping at a Bed Bath & Beyond now. And for, <laughs> to be clear, I'm here for it. I want I like, it. I want Pokemon moisturizer. 
I want Pokemon like little cookies and recipes. I want Pokemon blankets. It's great. But I'm just like trying, Casey, do you, do you, when did it become a lifestyle brand? Uh, I've seen it. So I went to Japan in 20, December of 2015, and they already had household objects at Pokemon centers. So you could already buy like things like glasses cases and um, plate sets and mugs and things like that. And it's just becoming with the launch of the Pokemon Center in the US again, the relaunch, it, it used to exist, they closed it, relaunched the Pokemon Center website, it become a They'd Nintendo become... World store. So yeah, in New York, it became a, a Nintendo store instead If you the doors, I was actually just there, the doors still have the Pokeball on it, the insignia is like the handles oh. create a Pokeball when they're closed. So they didn't get rid of that. But it's, it's an everything Nintendo store. While I was there, they had a very cute Mimikyu treat bowl that I could not fit in my luggage. So I did not purchase. Oh, but yeah, but they they they're having like really cute clothes. Now they have jewelry, they have a lot of they have really nice watches, they've got skateboards, like anything like you could make your whole almost your whole house like Pokemon themed. <laughs> if you wanted to. I kind of want to it's, it's almost Pokemon. like they figured out that it's almost like they figured out that like people who grew up with Pokemon are you know, adults now and have yeah. disposable income. Uh huh. That's that's it. That's the that's the answer. Yep. And it's true. Here me in terms looking. of in terms of the actual gameplay, I was mm -hmm. talking to a friend of mine who's really engaged with Pokemon and he was talking about how uh there was a video uh basically recounting Gen uh the previous gen, Sword and Shield, and talking about how uh, from like the perspective of a VGC player and that kind of thing. And one of the biggest things that they said was it was a big deal that pokemon uh made it so that you could change the ivs just like mm -hmm. uh, the ivs are like the base stats of the pokemon mm -hmm. you can make them perfect pretty easily in sword mm -hmm. and shield and make them competitive competitively viable and as a result it brought a lot of people into the vgc's and the competitive scene who had not been there before and it seems like they're continuing that attempt to be way more accessible, uh, reading your preview in uh, Scarlet and Violet by adding these buffs that you can have. Um, they are making it so that you can actually defeat Pokemon without actually going into random battles. Yes. So that so that is really interesting. And I, as I was writing my preview, I kind of came to the realization, like if we didn't have auto battles, another new there's another new mechanic that they introduced with being able to craft DMs. So something new that I learned with my hands-on is that you don't know what materials you need to craft these TMs until you get the material. I'm sorry to make this comparison, but it's like that in Monster Hunter. It's a question mark for the thing that you want until you get the, the material and then you know what it is. Um, and I'm just imagining if I like want to craft TM sort of like I have a, my eye on a specific TM and I want to craft it. It would be a, just such a slog to have to manually go into the, the turn-based battles with every single wild Pokemon I saw just to make sure I had the ingredients I might need to make these TMs sometime in the future. But with the auto battling, that makes it much easier because you can passively fight Pokemon and get these Pokemon materials as you're just exploring and wandering around. At least that's how I experienced it. I was able to do some auto battles as I was walking around an area and it seemed like the Pokemon pretty easily passively 
bought Pokemon as we passed them. Um, and then I was able to passively get those materials, which would then unlock new TMs to craft. And you, well, they don't unlock the ability to craft new TMs. They just, you get the materials to be able to craft the TMs that you have, the recipes that you have unlocked. You unlock new TM recipes by progressing in the story, like any of the new, any of the story um, objectives, I think I'm pretty sure should unlock new TM recipes for you to craft. But you can also find TMs out in the world like you are used to. Um, the items appear on the ground as Pokeballs like they have before, and the TMs are still gold Pokeballs. I'm pretty sure I found one. I found one TM in the world while I was exploring. It was a uh, underneath a one of the statues in artisan that was i think sculpted by the gym leader brassius um anyway i and also one other thing i learned about the auto battles specifically is that the experience you gain from these auto battles is significantly less than what you would get from a normal wild pokemon battle so you're not oh, okay i think that's good because you would yeah. absolutely accidentally power level if you were just passively fighting everything <laughs> as you walked by like it would just you would you would accidentally be way too powerful for everything. Um, I know we're seeing, if you're watching the YouTube video, we're seeing the gym leader Brassius on the screen right now. And I, I did actually get to do this gym battle as well. Ooh. And I had a Setitan, which is an ice type Pokemon with an ice type priority move, Ice Shard. And I just completely sweeped his team. It, it wasn't hard. Pro um, tip. <laughs> but the, um, I don't know if you would have been able to get Setitan by that point ah. like i don't know like they said that my pokemon were more powerful than they should have been getting to that point but it is an open world game i still have so many questions like okay i'm approaching a grass type gym i want an ice type can i just go to the snowy mountains area and catch an ice type pokemon and then come back or is that area too high level for me to go and have po catch pokemon that would listen to me like, I don't know if there's level scaling based on how you've progressed or if each of the areas that are very obviously segmented, there's like area one, area two, area three, are these areas, do they have specific levels to them? Hmm. Like if you go to area one, are the range of levels going to be like one to 10 and then area two is like 10 to 20, et cetera, or does it scale with you? I don't know. <laughs> so, and that was my biggest question that I'm very sad that I could not get an answer to. And I also was very curious about the four-player co-op in this game because I want to know, like, what if you're playing with your friends and you engage yeah. in a trainer battle? What happens? And I wasn't able to answer that question either. Um, but I was able to do a Terra Raid battle, just one. It was very similar to a Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, Max Raid battle, except it is timed and you can kind of act without having to wait on the people in your party to choose their options as well it's the timer is kind of like individual for you instead of okay so you don't have to wait around for people to make decisions you can just keep going and then if you your pokemon faints instead of being fainted for a turn it's fainted for five seconds which i assume means that five seconds is like the equivalent of a turn i don't know <laughs> again i was only able to do it one time so i can't be specific with what i did and did not learn right um what oh uh something i was pleasantly surprised by is that you can freely move the camera and ride on your pokemon even inside towns which is sweet cool. wreak um, havoc yeah like so in the gym there's a gym test in artisan which requires you to find all of the sunflora or 10 of them in a time limit 
And so I was jumping on buildings with Coridon and gliding around and being able to kind of see them from above, which made it a lot easier. Well, my big question is a lifelong, <laughs> yeah. you know, you're a lifelong Pokemon player, lifelong Pokemon fan. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like how you want a Pokemon game to feel, even with this sort of open world move movement and changing in, in the battle systems? Does it feel fundamentally Pokemon? Yes, it is All definitely right. still Pokemon, but it's new enough to make it worth trying if you have gotten tired of the old formula, I think. That's... Because it's, it's different enough. There, It is open world. The two different stories that aren't the gym battle that have like it's not a side thing that you're doing it's weird because like oh there's there's two separate storylines there's the myth mythical pokemon the titan pokemon with the herba mystica there's that storyline there is the team star which is called starfall street storyline which has you fighting against your school's delinquents and then there's the traditional victory road um gym league uh, Pokemon oh. League storyline, but aren't all those storylines generally present in Pokemon games, even mm -hmm. when they're not very neatly segmented like that? You're kind of fighting a team as you are getting your gym battles and you're learning about legendary Pokemon. I, I don't know if the Titan Pokemon is related to, to legendary Pokemon at all, actually. So I Ooh, that's just a separate mystery. thing at this point. It's a mystery. I don't know. But there are generally side stories that are going on simultaneously with your main goal of becoming a Pokemon champion. So they just segmented these out more. And I'm hoping that by doing that, these two separate storylines have more attention paid to them and are more fleshed out than they have been in previous gens as they're not being treated as a side thing. They are a main story in of itself. So I have a lot of hopes for that. But Man, I wish I was able to play more. I, I'm, it was fun. It was definitely fun. <laughs> I honestly wanted to spend the whole time just walking around and exploring, and uh, like just seeing how it felt to explore in the world because I have a lot of fun doing that. But I wanted to try out so many different things. But while exploring, I did discover something that is kind of big, a very large Ooh. departure from the Pokemon series. Are you allowed that to is. talk about and it? And I am allowed to talk about it. The, the big thing I'm allowed to talk about. Um, you'd no longer trigger mandatory battles with trainers if you cross their paths. They will, oh. they will no longer, there's no more making eye contact and you have to battle. You have to go and talk to the trainer to initiate the battle. No more, I like shorts, they're comfy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. no more. I like shorts. They're comfy to wear. No, no more of that. You have to go talk to them and to, and ask them about their shorts before they wow. will fight you. <laughs> the this region are just way more chill. Yeah, they're, they're having some tapas. Yeah, you know, Hanging they don't want to fight you. They're having picnics. They're having picnics. You talk to them. They're like, here's some picnic ingredients. Go hang Delicious out. Fight me if you want. Yeah. But oh, I, I feel like that one mechanic change. It might sound really small to people. It's like, oh, like why does that matter? It just but it changes yeah. the difficulty of areas just by removing the mandatory battles, right? Like you're no longer having to run a gauntlet to get through a cave, if there are caves, I don't know. Um, but <laughs> it removes it removes the gauntlet of trainers that you have to fight and that, yeah. like I remember in 
Pokemon Platinum, even just recently, I was doing a Nuzlocke run and there was an item behind a trainer and I was like, oh, this is just a grunt. Like, I don't have to worry about this guy. And he swept my whole team. Oh. It was just a huge massacre. Like everyone oh but two God. of my Pokemon, he just murdered all of them. <laughs> what happened? And I, he, he used a freaking Kadabra and used an X special on it. And then he just sweeped my team. Like oh. I, he just psychic them to death. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I know it was very brutal. They're all dead. <laughs> and it's because I chose to walk past him to get the item behind him. And like in like if it hadn't been a Nuzlocke, it was it still would have sweeped my team. I still would have been forced to leave the building to go heal before progressing further into the town. So it kind of forces you into some difficulty, right? Because it forces right. you to fight things. You can't just freely explore. There are consequences for your actions. And now in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, you no longer have those barriers to exploration, which can actually also be a good thing. So like on yeah. the other hand, now I'm not gonna feel like I have something preventing me from wanting to explore when and how I want to. I can just be like, oh, I wanna go see what is over there. And I know I'm not gonna have to be encumbered with dozens of wild Pokemon battles because <laughs> you see them, you could just, you know, not, run into them and i'm not going to be forced to do these trainer battles so i can go and quickly scope out an area see what there is to do and leave if i wanted to so it's interesting and it's also going to i think force people to think more about leveling their team because you're not yeah. going to accidentally level too high especially because you're not being forced to do the trainer battles which is where you're getting most of your experience points either so you have yep. to actively decide oh i need to experience i need to grind so i we'll have to see we'll have to see if it's balanced right. well enough to do what it's trying to do by removing that function i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i bet it is i think they're pretty good at this pokemon yes. thing by now um mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> Your, uh, your review, or excuse me, not your review, your preview is up right now on the site mm -hmm. is when this posts, so people should should and must go read it. And I'm just going to say it right now. It sounds to me like this Pokemon game is an evolution. Oh, no. We've, oh, no. I feel like we've, made, we've said oh, that. Oh, I'm sure it's been made a million Pokemon times, game. but I couldn't resist. So, and um, also, just I, a I heads a, up. Oh, um, I just wanted to say the written preview is much longer and way more thorough than the video one is. So if you want like all yeah. of the nitty gritty and all of the links to the wiki pages that have very detailed explanations about anything, go check out the article. Go read it. Dan, what were you gonna I, say? I have, I have a quick question for you. Like my 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 son is you know he's, he's seven and he's very into Pokemon like in in concept. Um, <laughs> like he's he's never played a Pokemon RPG and frankly neither have I. So I want to consult you on this. Uh, should like knowing what you know now should should i wait for this one and have it have it be his first pokemon rpg or is there a different one i should have him play i think this one what i haven't played it i don't know but i, uh, I am, played some I am, of it you played more so than anyone else yeah here. i have i have <laughs> i am confident that it is still going to be extremely accessible to all ages if even if they have or haven't played a pokemon game um if you don't know what to do in this game, you can always go to a Pokemon Center, which are very obviously marked on your map and ask Nurse Joy, like, where should I go? What should I do? And they'll be like, oh, there's like a town really nearby with a gym leader or like this thing's really close and you could do that. So you're not going to ever be in a 
point where like you don't know what to do and i think it has more in common to more modern more modern rpgs than the older pokemon games do now as well um a good starting I, point just I, get him i one. would say i would any honestly think any pokemon game is a good starting point and i think the best starting point is the game that you have other people playing at the same time uh i think it always enhances the experience if you're playing a game that everyone else is playing and like i don't know i'm, I'm assuming your, your seven-year-old has other friends who might be playing and like maybe you want to play the game with them it, there is four player co-op and that just enhances the experience and makes it better I think. And then it's not I don't think it would be wrong to say that going back to Legends Arceus or Sword and Shield would decrease the enjoyment of those games either just because they're different. I I tend Fair to enough. think of Pokemon as the secret live service game where each new generation is basically an expansion pack that is adding <laughs> in new mechanics, new Pokemon, new areas and everything. And that's what everybody shifts to. And then when you go back to older versions, it's almost like going to WoW Classic or something like that, where you're just mm. like, but I, like I was playing Gen 2 not too long ago, mm -hmm. and I was just kind of soaking up the vibes and everything. I'm like, well, this is still Pokemon, but it's clearly a very different flavor mm -hmm. of Pokemon. So each successive game brings the community with it. And so uh, generally speaking, uh, each the new gen is kind of where you want to start i would uh i would argue but yeah they, i would say as quality a parent i would recommend uh the just the upcoming one because then you can hold it over his head whenever he's bad you'd <laughs> be like ah, i mean buddy i thought you wanted that new pokemon and you're not eating your broccoli <laughs> but that's just i i never actually did that i was a terrible father but wouldn't that uh, make you yeah. a good father by not doing that <laughs> rewarding bad behavior I mean, you got to reward some behaviors, so why not yeah. reward the bad Positive ones? Those are the, fun, yeah. the funner ones anyway. So, Casey, thank you. Uh, everyone, again, one go more read. Thing? I'm sorry. Casey. There's so much. Um, I know. I, I, I'm one, really excited. One more thing. To... I'm sorry. So I, I mentioned that it was really easy to find the gym leader, but the boss battle against the Team Star um, leader was actually surprised me with its difficulty. It wasn't too difficult, but if I didn't have a specific Pokemon my, on my team, it would have been like, I'm, I don't know, she might have swept it. So, yeah, that was, good. that was a good surprise. That's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, that's another thing. <laughs> uh, Pokemon will teach your, your child about uh, the, the, the sting of failure. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I will say Pokemon, my son wanted to play Pokemon so badly, he learned to read faster so that he could play Pokemon when he was like four years old. So I got nothing against that Pokemans. Those are good games. Hey, speaking of good games, No Man's Sky, Near Automata. Oh my God. Near Automata. Near Automata? God dang it. I knew I was going to say it wrong. I don't, Near Automata. Yes, I say, thank you. I say Automata. I'm sure a lot of people would say Automata. Whatever. I don't, I don't know how to say it. And then it's no, that's definitely not it. I have I have a hard time saying it. But Persona Five Royal, these are games that are maybe showing that the Switch still has a lot of life in it. Looking at the Pokemon clips that we watch, these are impossible, quote unquote, impossible Switch ports. And I'm curious, 
Kat, are you going to be playing Persona 5 Royal on your Nintendo Switch? That's a good question, actually. I already have it on my PS4. <laughs> um, <laughs> or I have it on my PS5, I should say. Uh, I was actually oh. kind of deciding, was like, do I want to get it with the better frame rate? Do I want to get it with the portability? It's the age-old question, right? But yeah. I, I think I'm going to... I'm gonna roll with the Switch version, ultimately nice. because I loved uh, Persona 4 Golden on the Vita very, very much, okay. and it's kind of you, a very could, much a pick up could, and play. Mm-hmm. You you could uh, play it on the Steam Deck and have both also portability true. and frame rate and 60 really? FPS. Yeah, but would it be at 60 FPS? Because it the Steam is Deck... confirmed at 60 FPS on the Steam Deck. Yes. Oh yeah. But I'm still gonna probably play it on Nintendo Switch because. Uh, well, that's a hard that's a hard decision then. I know. I'm a little afraid to turn on my Steam Deck unless it explodes or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it is it's destructive every time. It's like, yeah, uh, like like Spawn. Look, I took it on the road, uh, and when I was trying to plug it into a TV, the battery was like instantly draining. It was crashing. Yeah, was the battery's like, a bummer ah. on the Steam Deck, even when it's like brand new. It doesn't last that long. But I think it's know. it's better now. It's gotten a lot of updates, but. I'll, I'll have to look into Persona 5 Royal a little bit, but uh, it, you know it's interesting looking at these three games near Automata, uh, No Man's Sky, and Persona 5 uh, Royal. Uh, near Automata came out five years ago. Uh, no Man's Sky came out even a little bit earlier. It came out in 2016. Um, of the two, Near Automata is, I think, judged to be the the better port. Mm. Um, I, there's been a lot of praise for how well Virtuos has done to bring this one over. It's a little funny to think of it as a quote-unquote impossible port uh, because, you know, it's a PlayStation 4 game, so it's by definition right. last-gen, but it was a, a late-gen PS4 game, a mid-gen PS4 game, I suppose. So mm, um, Seven-eighths of the way-gen. Eighth of the way-gen, whatever. Um so the, the, the and the switch, of course, is somewhere between the a three a PS3 and a PS4 in terms of a uh, its actual power. So uh, there there were going to be some compromises, but um, by and large, uh, stable frame rate uh, still looks really good. In, in some ways, in some ways, looks better than the PS4 version because it has a Ooh, 1080p. A bold statement, oh. indeed. Yeah, um, which is uh, is really impressive. Um, a lot of praise for uh, a lot of people say that like virtuals is now up there with panic button in terms of uh the the quality and it's really great because square enix can be quite variable in whether or not they uh they really uh, the, the quality of the ports that they put on the switch uh, i think a pretty infamous example is kingdom hearts mm. being uh cloud based on the nintendo switch so i think there's a lot of relief that near uh, automata automata is not mm-hmm not cloud-based and it's an amazing it's an amazing game one of the best of the previous generation in fact a lot of not a not insignificant number of people i know at the time said near automata was the game of the year and it was we all know 2017 was a vintage year that was the year of the breath yeah. of the wild and it's held up you know made yoko taro really catapulted yoko taro into the ranks of auteurs in uh, game design um really thoughtful um like meditation on life death nihilism kind of thing the the usual yoko taro stuff very yeah. dark a lot of the times so many endings you've got to play through all the endings 
really oh, good. Yeah, if you uh, don't play through, like I, I'm, I'm speaking from Dragon Guard experience because I never finished Automata. I desperately need to. It's very bad. Mm. Um, that was the same year Persona Five came out too, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. There were too many. There yeah. were too many games. That was a year. That year. That was a year. year. <laughs> the last good still... year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you have to play through all the endings. So you, you just, it's you basically haven't finished it. Okay. And then um, No Man's Sky was interesting because it was a, a passion project. Um, already a pretty small team in Hello Games. Right. And just sound like a couple just of Just Sean Murray. Said, He's the only one. Yeah. A couple of people on the team just decided they wanted to put No Man's Sky on the Switch. And they did. Digital Foundry uh, did a review of No Man's Sky uh, saying, you know, as expected, the frame rate will drop into, you know, the 20s. Um, it's mm. kind of blurry that kind of thing. Uh, maybe not extremely well suited uh, to the Nintendo Switch. I think probably the best way to play this game is maybe on the PC. No Man's Sky, people, tell me differently. I have the PS5 version, actually. Yeah, but... I still regret when this game was in its bad times not buying it for $4.99 on Steam because now it's a really oh, no. good game. But I, you know, it's also on Game Pass. Um, it's in does... VR, it's pretty cool. Oh wow! I've never actually played yeah. it in VR. That's a uh, yeah. I go a, back I to it every so often. I go back to it every so often, and it's, it's a phenomenal game. Yeah. Um it's grown so much. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Dan, did you review the original release? I did. I remember it uh, making the original base PS4 cry, uh, <laughs> uh, like coming, you know, leaving and, and returning to to a planet uh, was was not was not smooth. Um, so I'd be. Interested to see how the how the switch handles that aspect of it. Yeah, in that respect, you know, I think the fact that it made the original base switch a struggle. I mean, the PS4 Pro hadn't wasn't out by 2016, so. Don't oh yeah, I, I remember. I remember it being. I, I'd have to look it up because I do remember seeing it on PS4 Pro fairly soon after it launched, but um, I can't can't recall exactly how that timeline worked. Yeah, does uh, it so, have? I mean. If it made the original base PS4 cry, then that's pretty impressive that they got a far updated version. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been six years of automation of uh, op optimization since then, so I'm I'm sure it's it's a little smoother than it was at launch. And does it have cross save functionality? If that I play this on my Switch, answer. okay, mm. dang. If it does, then I'll probably no, I won't. What am I talking about? I kind of doubt it. But yeah. uh, maybe maybe No Man's Sky people uh, can tell me about that. It would be a, it would be a nice addition if it did. Yeah, it'd be wonderful. I would love to just sort of this like I would love to do sort of the mundane stuff on my Switch, and then when I wanted to see like the real pretty stuff, I could just go on the yeah. The you Xbox. mean like uh, farming materials and that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Which I don't. I'm not like against. I actually kind of enjoy mundane, repetitious tasks on a handheld. If that. Mm -hmm makes any sense but uh yeah that's exactly it and i would just like to see the real pretty vistas and planets on my giant tv at 4k so yeah i'm i don't know i'm probably gonna get persona 5 because i have it on ps4 but i never beat it or really even stuck with it and i've held out this whole time it's finally on switch so i'm gonna try one of these uh impossible I'm, ports but I'm i think it's I also didn't finish Persona 5 yet on the PS4. Oh, me neither. I feel very bad. I well, really the thing is I love it. I think about it all the time. 
And then yeah. I just am always like, oh, I'm too busy with new stuff and I can't get back to it. That's why I didn't really get into it. I was like, this will consume my life if I let let it. So I'll just not. And but now when it's, you know, it's like every RPG, I love to play them portably. I love to just switch it off, put the, you know, machine down, mm-hmm. come back later and pick it up again. So yeah, I'm probably going to get it. I'm a little bummed out that it, I, I didn't expect it to be full priced. I don't know why I didn't expect it to be full priced, but what it is comes out October 21st, which is the day that this show is actually posting. But so. Nier, Nier Automata is not full price. It's $40. Ooh. Oh, see, I've actually never played that one. So maybe I'll get that one. And here's an interesting thing about No Man's games. Sky. No multiplayer out of the box. Yeah, single player. It's a single player experience on the Switch. I mean, it was it was always effectively a single player game when it launched on the PS4 too. So (laughs) that's also true. What's changed so much, you know, since then? Yeah, it's not. It's it's a different game almost. We were talking about farming materials. Uh, you know, back on when it first launched, it was a game of exploration. Now it's a game of building up your base and maybe doing crazy things on planets and. Oh, and ex- stick more locally to your solar system than you do. Exploring uh, the, uh, the 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 abandoned freighters is my favorite part. But oh yeah, actually, right. building a fleet's pretty cool. Yeah, I remember. I actually remember when we did a stream, and it was Max and somebody else. It might have been Naomi Kyle. It was so long ago, but and it was just them being like, "Oh yeah," like, just vaporizing some ore for like three straight hours because that's basically all there was to do when this when that game first came out but now it's great and everyone should play it and it's really fun and it's really captivating and imaginative and it's exactly the kind of game that i'm talking myself into playing again so here we go and it's not like anything else is coming out this fall or soon no or I'm just not, all like, the gonna... games you should play mario plus rabbits i am playing that too that's the thing ah, it's ah. actually been a really busy month for our nintendo switch yeah and then next week out. we have bayonetta three coming out so which also uh call of duty modern warfare 2 not coming to the switch but <laughs> coming to a computer near me where i will be reviewing the multiplayer and gotham knights yeah. as well gotham yeah. knights is out yeah, yeah. game of the year material right there <laughs> yeah. i uh, yeah sorry <laughs> i just love uh that Persona 5 Royal no matter what platform you play it on that guy who's playing the Vita on the train still there nice Vita guy on the train he's he lasts forever there probably is a Vita guy on a train right now probably in Japan yeah I I believe it I swear I see at least every PAX East I go to I see at least one guy like very I see you yeah I see you Vita guy because you make it very obvious that you have a Vita you don't just pull it out and start playing it you make a big deal out of it so I got a Vita. No, I actually, uh, a really good friend of mine uh, still plays Vita on the reg. I mean, it means life, so. It does. Yep. <laughs> hey, does anybody want to do some questions from Question Block? Nah. Actually, okay, okay yeah. All right, yeah, the all right, fans, the, uh, the audience hates that. So we're just going to move right, right on yeah. to, uh, I'm going to read the ingredients of uh, granola. Just kidding. This is a long one, so you're going to have to bear with me. Um, this one comes from Justin Mains, and I thought it was a good question, but it requires some setup. So Justin writes, pretend one day you come across a mysterious warp pipe. Upon entering the pipe, you're transported to the top of a snowy mountain peak. And now he's really painting a picture here. An elderly man appears before you and seems to be the only person who lives here. He warmly welcomes you inside his wooden hut and pours you some tea. 
I work for Nintendo and I'm the keeper of all Nintendo secrets, he says to you. I know everything about Nintendo's entire history and everything that they are currently working on. As a reward for finding my home, I will answer truthfully and honestly any one question you have about Nintendo. Lastly, the man says, you may be wondering what my name is. I am called Mayanus Uncalis. However, you may call me my uncle. Ah. What one question do you have for my uncle who works at Nintendo, knowing he will reveal <laughs> any Nintendo secret you wow. ask of him? Ka I want to know what Nintendo, if you could ask for any Nintendo secret and have it be answered completely truthfully, what Ooh. would it be? Oh. I, I remind you that insider trading is a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Only if you get caught. Boy, I, I wouldn't mind learning the, the full story about why behind what ultimately it went down with the the Super Nintendo CD? I mean, I, I think oh, we yeah. know it. I think we know a lot of details and how badly Nintendo screwed them. But uh, yeah, I, I think that there's probably even more going on there. Like, what were the conversations that were happening between Sony and Nintendo uh, when that happened? Because it was a, a momentous moment. One. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo history. and Sony still don't get along. Like, they don't work together to this day and that was a well what nintendo time. did was just it was the ultimate thing you do not do not great <laughs> screwing, no. another, screwing another japanese company to that extent yeah um, and they a giant their own worst enemy as a result yeah yeah uh, that would be interesting i would love to also know like what went down so I, again i've read a lot of stories about what went down with final fantasy 7 there's an oral history mm. of Final Fantasy 7. but the the break between square and nintendo you know, I've heard a lot about like what exactly happened there, but you know, let me tell me, tell me all the conversations, <laughs> tell me the, the the full story. Give us That's the deets, my Give uncle. Give us the tea. Well, he already yeah. did. No, sorry. <laughs> I know. Yeah, drinking the tea right now. It's very warm. Well, Casey, what do you, what Nintendo secrets do you want? Do you you get to ask? from my uncle who works for well, Nintendo? Well, first I have to say it's funny that they would assume I would enter a mysterious warp pie on by my own choice. So. But anyway, maybe you tripped. <laughs> maybe so... I tripped into the work. That that checks. I actually tri tripped uh, exiting my house yesterday and uh, like a few days ago <laughs> oh, and no. sprained my ankle. So oh you no, know, not oh, my far. God. It could happen. I could trip trip into a warp pipe. It could happen. <laughs> um, but I would want to know what game came the closest to completion and was canceled, Ooh. and why, and what what was that game? Give me the details. I want to know yeah. about the things. I want to be disappointed by the things i can't have give me Is more a secret zelda game yeah. that would have been interesting secret zelda yeah. secret pokemon crossover i don't know like what what is it what's the thing my uh if there is nothing that meets those that criteria my backup question would be are we ever going to get no i don't want a yes or no question i leave it at that okay <laughs> that's a great question casey because i there are a lot of games. There are a surprising number of games mm -hmm. that get finished and then just go on the shelf yeah. forever. Yeah. Just never come out. Like Star Fox, Star Fox 2 was one of those games right. for a very long time until it finally came out on the SNES Classic. So yeah. that's some interesting answers in there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And Casey, I really like that question because it's the exact one I was going to ask. So. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for it. stealing my thunder. <laughs> How many hey, Star Fox you, games got canceled? You, you know? can ask the same question. You don't know that what you both we, have fallen into the warp pipe. <laughs> yeah, when are, when are we going to get Dinosaur Planet 2? 
Sorry, it's the Star, the Star Fox game. Star Fox Adventures, not Great. Planet. Uh, <laughs> I want Star Fox Adventures 2. We're going to get happened? Star Fox Guard 2 sitting on the shelf somewhere. I think I would ask, and this isn't, I'm not even a fan of the series, but I'd ask, like, what's the scoop with Mother 3 just so that I would know? And then I could tell everybody on the internet and they would stop having to <laughs> spam every, like, That's Nintendo Direct. That's a really good yeah. one. I mean, I bet you, it is, it's so weird because it's, it's wholly translated and it exists and everybody wants it and they never put it out. And I'm just interested to know why that is. And I'm not even a mother fan. I just think it's, it's so bizarre <laughs> that everybody wants this game and they have it and they just won't give it to us. This just seems cruel. It seems very, maybe, oh, you know what it probably was? It's something to do with Sony. And there it is. There's a PlayStation. I would ask where the heck is the Metroid Prime remake? <laughs> yeah oh where's our wind waker uh the one for, that everybody Switch. says is done but is yeah. it, it's just sitting there hello there's a lot of games that, that just every, that just, just wants to be pre-briefed on every upcoming new nintendo news story i mean yes yeah. yeah yeah oh i'm so. sure our cms is like littered with orphaned articles before every direct like <laughs> nintendo Dude, announces talk to me about cms's right now oh yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh the little you know Inside baseball, but for those who don't know, like we'll just some, sometimes just pre- try to predict what's going to be announced so that we can get the story out. And there's, and I've seen it. And when I was first starting out, I'd get excited because I would be like, oh my God, they're announcing this game. And be like, no, they're not. We don't know that. We're just, in case they do, we'll have the, the story ready to go. Like, oh. And we just have to put in the details. Yes, exactly. I mean, and, and you know, like newspapers will do that with like famous people's obituaries. So, mm-hmm. which is kind of, macabre and and awful to think about that there's just this graveyard a future graveyard sitting on a hard drive somewhere at every news organization but that's just how it works folks so yeah mother three (laughs) uh tracy vincent asks if hollywood were to make a live action nvc movie what current actor do you think would be the best person to portray you and this one for me personally it is obvious actually the facebook group did try to cast an NBC movie. Really? And they picked, uh, yeah, they picked uh, David Arquette for me. Really? I gotta yeah, what? No, is. not good at all. Uh, obviously, I would be played by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Love there it. it is. And if Man. you're not watching, I just did the, the people's eyebrow. <laughs> Kat, who would play you in the live action NBC, like, like we're all animated people, in the, uh, in the NBC movie? Really, Emma Watson. Oh, uh, nice. They would cast someone who's younger, and they would uh, be like, well, what if she had a British accent? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a thought. You know, just this is a thing. And I mean, so, uh, yeah, that's where, I, that's where my brain went. My other answer was Uma Thurman. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I, like, I like the Emma Watson because, uh, you know, we in America, we, we associate a British accent with being distinguished. I feel mm-hmm. that you're quite distinguished, so I think that would work. Uh, or they would just well. create a new character. They're like, "Well, let's." But wait a minute, let's just replace Cat with an entirely new host, and <laughs> let's cast uh, Z- uh, Zendaya. Is that her name <laughs> uh, from Spider? Like, let's just cast her. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's how. So whatever. We just how want the hottest. We just want the hottest actress in Hollywood and she needs to be, uh, so she just gets cat spot and then we'll just make her an amalgamation of like, we'll make her an amalgamation of like Casey and cat and Miranda and Rebecca (laughs) 
know together. <laughs> oh my gosh. This, this that yeah. <laughs> I've been You're, covering Hollywood. Like, yeah, I've been just, covering I'm Hollywood lately. Laughing at the accuracy, honestly. <laughs> there is Zendaya in a movie that I don't know because I'm again an old man. Um, there's some dancing going on. Is that a music video? I don't. I don't know. I don't know what this I is. Oh yeah, is it? That's she started out as a like a Disney. Yes. Person, right? Yeah. I don't know. I'm an old man. <laughs> I just know she was in Dune. That was pretty. That was pretty okay. That was a great movie. I mean, she's in Euphoria, and I I love that series. So oh man, Euphoria I keep forgetting to so watch good. that. I heard it was super good. But Casey, who's gonna play you? Is he, are you going with Zendaya? Just this... uh, yeah. Also, no, I was gonna say Jennifer Lawrence. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be nice. a good one. Get okay. the bangs, some glasses. There you go. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Very cool. Dan. Dan Stapleton, played by Kratos. Yeah, I'm just one of the. I'm just an extra. Someone with no lines. Just a yeah, a union extra in the back. You get to eat at the good, at the good table instead of the bad one, and you get paid a like hundred dollars to just show up. And feeling that Zendaya. (laughs) I can see that one too. Well, uh, unfortunately, that is all the time we have on this very fun episode of Nintendo Voice Chat. Make sure to submit your question block questions to nvc at ign.com with the subject line question block uh thank you dan thank you casey for being here thank you red on the ones and twos but most of all thank you for hanging out with us uh and remember nvc is the only place where you can get the thing get the thing get the thing get the thing Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.